Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Doubt on Tap After Show. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the, the Simple Theologians. Theologians. I still I still want to do the, the Wayne's World because I, I hate that I still want to do that. Dude, the Wayne's World thing is super cool. I don't I don't know that it is. Well That's that's the problem. Like it's I feel like it's super cool, which makes me think that it's not super cool. Which is accurate, but it's it's as <laughs> it's it's here's the thing. It's as cool as you get. Ouch. That's not an ouch, man. That's okay because Wayne's World was awesome back when we were in high school. That's all right. I mean, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm they, gonna allow myself to go there then and they, not feel guilty. They made an entire movie out of that sketch, and and it didn't suck. Wayne's World two sucked. Oh, of course. But Wayne's World was absolutely fantastic. But Wayne's World three, coming out summer twenty nineteen, gonna be amazing. Wait, I'm what? totally joking. What now? <laughs> no, I was a joke. Oh, thank God. I was a joke. I was. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what you guys can't see on the podcast is my face <laughs> that said, "Please, for the love of God." Let that not be true. Yeah. Don't don't take another piece of my childhood. Yeah, no. They, they, they keep ruining my child. Like no, my my children will never know that there's a Wayne's World too. Good. My yeah, that that's a good thing. Well, it's like, did you see the preview um, for the new Lion King? I've seen Over bits and pieces, and I've seen lots of memes that are like, I don't want to see. Uh, Simba try and wake up Mufasa in 4K Ultra HD. <laughs> well, so I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, one, who, whoever was the head of the marketing team for this movie, like, needs a lifetime contract and mega raise because they released that theatrical trailer at about 7 or 8 o'clock Thanksgiving night when all... Every millennial probably in the world was slightly tipsy oh. and feeling nostalgic, and they probably cried during the uh, during that that trailer. And so, genius. No, I mean, course. absolutely genius, right? Um, but here's my question: Has Hollywood simply run out of ideas for movies because all we're getting are reboots of I've cartoons? I've had that thought. But here's here here's where where I start to uh, uh, I don't think they've run out of ideas. Yep. I think our generation that grew up with the cartoon adaptations of these stories that loved them, yeah, also love the new technology yeah. and the ability to do things and maybe uh, reinterpret, reimagine, uh, or or put. Put on the screen what actually happens in our head when we see those those images. I'm I'm, I'm going with the out of ideas. You're you're less no. cynical than well, me. Well, I mean, here's the deal: uh, they're gonna make a ton of, a ton of money. Of course they on are on the Lion King. Of course they are. But it was super weird to me that they looked real. That that everything looked real in the video. Well, and it, and it, that's, that's that's the weird. point when they're taking the the uh, the Disney Pixar stuff and making it live action. I know all of it is weird. It's my, super weird. My kids love uh, 
Disney's uh, Descendants. Oh, yeah. Which, yep. like, I cannot drive them to school in the morning and have peace in my car without having that soundtrack playing. <laughs> um, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, but it's it's live action. It's Oh, you, dude. You know? Yeah, it, I mean... It's uh, where it's where things are. The, the descendants are a thing in my house too. So really, well, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, not like it is in your house. Yeah. Like when the movie came out. Yeah. The children like, enjoyed it. Like watched it. It was like a thing. Like Michaela dressed up as Mal. For yeah. See, uh, no, th- that's not happening. Halloween. But you know, then you have. So you got the 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 teen girl who's like, oh, the music's fun. Uh, this th- is fun. And I right and I, I so hate to say it. Some of the music is kind of fun. It, it is kind of fun, and then you've got the teenage boy who's like, "Girls in tight clothes, hot." Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, uh, I guess yeah. It's different uh, reason. Different reason than your girls. Different so, reason. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, and then there was what there was some other movie that just came out. Some new Disney movie that came out recently that that. They watched but, and but yeah, they're doing that. that. They did so that. Weird. Um, didn't they do it with the Jungle Book? Mm-hmm. They did that with a couple others yep. too. And I yep. and they're gonna keep doing it. So I don't. It I don't feel. I don't feel compelled to go watch those things. Like when they show up on Netflix and I'm bored some night, maybe. Right. But, um, but it is. It <sighs> so so there's the, there's the theory that there are only so many stories right in yeah. the world, and they all just get told a little differently. For sure. Um, which which I buy, but these are literally the same story right, being right, told the right, same way. Same just title, <laughs> same, same same everything, same just script, yeah, just slightly different. <laughs> but but I but I feel like so a few years ago I got the opportunity, and doubt on tap, folks are not going to care about this diddly squat. But uh, I had to do uh, an intense study of John Wesley's sermons. Yeah, and from that, I took those classic sermons. And use the titles, use the scriptures, uh, and and brought them up in their relevance to today with with what we know, with what has happened in history, with okay. the advance of of technology, as it yeah. were. And so I, this is me, the ultimate optimist, right? Wanting to believe that our generation, who is now starting to make these movies, is really just wanting to to see what what more they can do with their favorite stories for sure. without for sure. without demolishing the story well we, we we shall see i i hope i hope you're right sir i hope you're right i mean like like if we take if we take star wars as yeah. an example yeah and we see what happens with the new technology and we go back and we do episode one episode um, one is trash we don't talk we're about in trouble it. we're in trouble but as we've gone forward, they've gotten better. Well, yeah, because they've stopped letting Ding Dong have any <laughs> say in what's going on. So, and I refer to him only as Ding Dong. I won't say his real name. All right, because well, well. he's dead to me based on episode <laughs> one. Although had had he, I'm still convinced by the fan theory that uh, he who shall not be named was supposed to be the ultimate villain and. Uh, and it that didn't get played out. So, nah. um, anyway, all right. Nobody cares about what we've just talked about. No, nope. and they. But if you can't tell, it's been a couple of weeks since we sat down. It has been a while because you went to 
Um, you went to Israel. I went to Israel and Palestine. Yeah, yep. which is pretty sweet. And uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about it, and I, mean, I emphasize a little bit more, because Mike is going to give a two-minute uh, oh, recap. That. If that, I. But not I here. Got, I got stuff. He's today. he's going to give a two-minute recap over on the Simple Theologian website. But if you really want to know what that trip was like, what it was all about, make sure you go hit up his personal uh, podcast, Grace Cubed, yep. and because uh, he was recording live uh, from Palestine the yeah. whole time he was there. Well, not the whole time. Well, most of the time. We got about four days in, and then it was like we were morning till midnight, just yeah, but swamped. Y- but you did good. You did good. Oh, they're they're good podcasts. So. Uh, definitely go out and check them out and uh, and give those a listen because uh, you can hear more about what was what was going on there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Doubt on Tap meets on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. at Cream and Crumb, which is located at? Right where we're sitting. That was so weak. You don't know the address. <sighs> it's East Cross Street. Something. It's de- it's in Depot Town. It's... Uh, 44, 42, I don't know. It's right, it's right across the street from Aubrey's Pizza. Right next and, to Sidetracks. Uh, yep. So, and Maze. So, uh... And Deep, Ollie's. Depot Town was named the uh, like the best street in America or something like that. Or yeah, like one, in the top one of top three. Yeah. So uh, this is definitely a place you want to go to. And uh, one of the cool things about Cream and Crumb is uh, recently they got their liquor license. And so they are making the most amazing adult milkshakes ever. Uh, this past Tuesday night, I had the Dark Throne which had the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter with chocolate syrup and vanilla ice cream. And let me tell you. It's good. <laughs> yes. I Super ha- good. I had about one and a half too many. Yes. Of the, uh, of the fall, the fall old fashioned. Yes, the fall old fashioned. Um, Super good, too. But that too. is an amazing on-tap cocktail that they have here. Yeah, they have. They and have. It's fantastic. And the best part is, if you come to Doubt on Tap. Yep. Uh, Cream and Crumb has has uh, has taken a, a stupid punny dad joke idea in in my head, and given us Doubt on Tappy Hour. That's right. So if you're a part of Doubt on Tap, you get a two dollar off anything uh, any adult beverages. So uh, you definitely want to come and join us Tuesday night at eight o'clock uh, here at Cream and Crumb for Doubt on Tap, which has four rules. Rule number one. Uh, we end in one hour. Rule number two, everybody talks. Rule number three, everybody has to respect one another. And rule number four, there's a moderator every single week. And uh, Some weeks better than others. Some weeks better than others. And, uh, you know, that's all right. Everybody's learning, and we're figuring out who can who can be good moderators and, and who struggle. So It's good experience for everybody. It though. is great experience for everybody, except for except for our buddy Major Tom, who will never, never. be the moderator. That is that is. Unwritten rule it's, numero it's uno. What's funny though is it's actually become a a, a very much a spoken written rule. Yeah. So, um, so we're just embracing that reality. And uh, this week's topic was on immigration and uh, what's been going on down at the border. Um, and uh, I I have to say I think we did very well avoiding outrage of the week kind of stuff we did we did yeah i i was pretty happy with that um we because it really was for me like internally as i'm watching things develop um it was an outrage of the week for me yeah Um, why why was it an outrageable week for you uh, just no just that was that was the focal point of like anywhere i went on social media 
anything gotcha. I looked at in the news. This was this was the thing that like had my pinpoint laser focus and just had my blood boiling. Yeah, yeah. Um but why? Why why was your why was your blood boiling over this? Uh, because because I'm I am the eternal optimist. Yeah. I believe we are so much better than that. We are so much better than people who see people coming. I don't care whether whether it's a, a, a Soros conspiracy or what. I don't care. There are people coming to our border, um, presumably asking for help, at least looking for something. And what they're met with are our troops and tear gas instead of uh, uh, people who can actually help process them through or direct them where they need to go or walk them through uh, that process. It, it, it is, it, it, for me, it shows fundamentally uh, this idea, probably within all of us to some degree, that the other is not human. And that really, really bugs me. Um, we saw that uh, when we were in Palestine. We, we see that here at our own borders at home. That you come from someplace else. You speak a different language. Your skin's a, a different tone. Uh, so you're not human and we're not going to treat you human. Uh, and that that really, really, really bugs me. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, this is, this is in no way, shape or form me getting into, into the whole Israel trip. But one of the things we did was have dinner with the Palestinian Christian family. Sure. And one of the coolest thing, one of the coolest moments is no matter how different we were and our theologies were a little different and, and our experience of life was different and our view of the world was, was different. Uh, but this family had kids and those okay. kids, uh, kept wanting to play with me because I gave him bracelets and I had my little photo printer and and at one point the dad in in Arabic uh, I don't know what he said I, I don't know enough Arabic but I know the tone uh, told the kids it was time to play in another room <laughs> and let the adults be adults <laughs> I know that tone because I use it with my own kids right and that right there uh, to me exemplified the common humanity in all of us yeah. We love our kids. Our kids do the same things yep. no matter what part of the world they grow up in. And and there is a f- we we forget the fundamental humanity of each other. Yeah. Uh and that that gets gets my blood boiling. Yeah, it you know for me it was um Yeah, I believe I believe we're better than what we showed. Um I want to believe that we're better than what we showed at the border. Um, those, those images of uh, tear gas and, uh, you know, kids and those kinds of things were, uh, they were shocking. Yeah. Um, but I think the hardest thing for me this as we've walked through this week is all of the, um, or the lack of good information about what is really happening there and what is um, what is going on I- with that caravan and um, and for me this week has really highlighted the 
disinformation or misinformation of 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 how both sides of the political aisle are seeking to leverage and use the media that's out there now as opposed to uh there being as opposed to media being truth tellers oh um, sure and so I I shared this on on Tuesday night, but one of the things that really struck me was uh, this interaction that took place on MSNBC this week where, um, you know, you had kind of the the anchor in the studio telling the reporter on the ground what things were like on the ground. Oh. You know, that this is mostly women and children, everybody here is seeking asylum, like all these things. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, and the guy on the ground was like, well, um, while there are some that have said they're seeking asylum, most of the people we've talked to said they want to come to America for a a better life, for greater opportunity. And most of the people here are men. And so it was, and, and then they walked through and it was just a fascinating it was a fascinating interaction. Yeah. Um, and to see it on MSNBC. So, so did, it, did it feel like it was it was the studio directing the narrative, or did it just feel like the guy in the studio had misinformation? Yeah, uh, it was. It, it was be, like an know, honest mistake as opposed to deliberate manipulation. I don't think it was deliberate mis- manipulation. I also don't think it was an honest mistake. Okay. I, I think it was. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's the same thing you see on Fox News quite a bit, where you know, just from the other side, right? Yeah. Where the, the the there's a narrative that's being told that there's a narrative that's believed to be true, mm-hmm. and then oftentimes you have the person on the ground saying, "Well, that's yeah. not exactly how this is sh- shaping out." Right. Um, and so for me, that that was one of those things where it was like, "Wow, okay." So so many people are getting their information from either these anchors and studio hosts on MSNBC or these anchors and studio hosts on Fox News, both of which are driving a narrative, neither of which is necessarily based in reality or fact. Right. And and so it it it, w- it causes me to kind of ask the question, well, how do you have these national conversations? How do you have these important national conversations when um when the people that you believe or, or hope want to trust are giving you facts and in the in tr- true information and and it appears that they're not um that that's a deeply disconcerting thing regardless of what it is regardless of whether or not it's immigration issues or something else um because to make good decisions to make good judgments on on hard issues we need to have good information and our decisions and judgments can only be as good as the information that we have. Right. Um, and, and so that, that's, that's that's what worried me the most. And that's, uh, this, I think, is is a consequence of a, of a post-truth society. Absolutely. Where we deny science and we, uh, we say we have alternate uh, facts and... Yeah. You know, well, we deny history. We, we deny did. history. We we call things fake news, and that I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not just 
saying it, on the right or the left. We, well, we the, do that all over the place. All that because all that stuff started well before. Oh sure, sure, you know, sure. Uh, President Trump came into office. So this is yeah. not a Trumpian thing. No, this is a whoever is in power thing says that it's fake. You know that every everybody who is in power is simply seeking to um, try to protect and hold on to their power and. And they do that at the expense of reality and truth, and um, and so it is fascinating to me that that the people who who are screaming against the concept of truth the loudest are now the ones that are crying for the return of there being truth. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're you're uh, you know. The the cows have come home, so to speak, and yeah. now you don't like you don't like it. So you can't have it both ways, folks. Um, yeah, it's we it, it, this this whole thing that has taken place for the last week has really, um, yeah, it's really raised raised a lot of interesting questions yeah. that are broader than just immigration. Uh, yeah, they they sure are. Um, but it does it does all whether it's immigration or um any of the 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 issues at stake right now that that affect us as a nation and as a as a world it it comes down to understanding at our core we are the same yep we are human beings um we we have uh, and because of that, we have an obligation to each other. Yeah. Uh, to to be human beings. I I I, I usually have uh, have little silicone bracelets I hand out to people every once in a while when I feel when I feel the you you yeah. have little silicone bracelets. I do. I've never known you to have silicone oh, bracelets. Yeah. yeah, I do. Mike has little, like little a library them. of I do them. I do. Um. Uh, the ones I ones I handed out in Israel and Palestine and have handed out here say, uh, "Remember that we belong to each other." Yeah. Uh, Mother Teresa uh, said that if if we don't have peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Nice. Uh, and and that is even truer now uh, than it was when she said it. We we forget. Um, Tuesday night, we had uh, somebody new come and sit at our table. Who, uh, young guy, um, and and not the typical view around our table, um, which I thought was fantastic. Oh man, and and he was thoughtful, yep. and well spoken, yep, and uh, you know, and not not easily dismissed. No, and and I appreciated, and I told him as much after, um. Because the point of Doubt on Tap is having the conversation. That's right. And, you know, the, the thing we try to avoid is becoming our own echo chamber. Yeah. Where, okay, yeah, we may have different views in how we view uh, God and theology and all those types of things. But for a lot of us around that table, um, when we when we start talking politics and human rights and and things of that nature, we tend to be a little more eye to eye. Yeah. Uh, and so, the the thing we try to to avoid is that echo chamber. And so, having someone come in who has 
a very different viewpoint who can articulate that viewpoint and wasn't scared because they were visibly outnumbered. Yep. Um, and the flip side of that I want to say is I'm really, really proud of our regulars around the table that they did, didn't just rip into the poor kid. Right. Um, which which I know for folks who, who have the numbers is an easy thing to want to do. It is. Um, that So that, that to me was a, uh, a very cool moment, yeah. a very cool dot on tap yeah. moment. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, I... Um, is it is I've been thinking more back on this um on this question or on what's happening here with the immigration thing from a from a perspective of church yeah uh, it, it, it's it's like so many other things that we have to we have to once again remember that there are two that there are two issues of authority that we as Christians have to wrestle through and that is the authority of the state and the authority of of the church you know what is what is the responsibility of the government what is the responsibility of the church and and once again i think those 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 answers are very different um because we as the church would say let's go you know bring we we should be saying you're a refugee. You're you're an asylum. You're coming. You're coming to us from somewhere else. We will practice radical, sacrificial hospitality. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, and that that's that ought to be our default position. That ought to be um, how we how we engage. Right. Absolutely. Um, the the question for the the government is very different, and the response is probably should should probably be somewhat different. Um, because they're, they're, they have a different set of values, reasonably so. Um, and, and yet in that we, as the church have the responsibility to challenge and seek to hold the government to a humane response to this whole thing to these to these issues as they come yeah i mean theologically biblically speaking what we're talking about uh, as christians i mean it it uh, i can't remember off the top of my head but it flat out says we our citizenship is elsewhere right right our where we belong our kingdom our citizenship uh where we are strangers in a strange land yep okay we are refugees um biblically speaking uh even though we have full protection as citizens and and we're white men so we have all that comes with 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 that um and 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 so but we are and and we should consider ourselves to be uh the refugee the stranger in the strange land and yeah we have the obligation to speak truth to power to 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 let um those in authority know that there is a greater authority yep um and they and the government has to make its own decisions and and take the information and do with it what it will but it it is our 
it's our position uh, in Christ that we are these refugees. We are these strangers in a strange land uh, here with a message. Yep. And and we have to deliver that message and let and let the world do with it what it will. The confusing piece, and I think what what makes it so confusing is that for so long there was this myth, uh, and many people still believe it, that the United States of America is a Christian nation. Right? Mm, we yeah. this this idea that that fundamentally at its core the United States is Christian in nature. And it's not. Um, and I and and it can be argued that it never has been. While there are Christian precepts and and principles involved, uh, it is not a Christian nation and has never been. Right. But when we as Christians look at our beliefs and try and apply them to the government, uh, things things start to get wonky and they don't right. make sense. Um, it's it's holding holding the government to a standard that that it can't hold. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's an important and and I think that's where these these important distinctions come come into play as we as Christians wrestle through these hard these hard issues. Um, and and it's important for us to hold that tension in in mind, right? Um, yeah. So that we are not seeking to hold the the state to you know to to the we're not expecting the state to hold our standard it, yeah we can we can push we need, for them we, to hold our need, standard we should we should do that but we can't ex- right we, we can't we can't be shocked when they don't for sure and and we have to understand that um that even though our standard is one thing, the sometimes what's best in the responsibility of the for the state for the whole for the for the majority of, of people may not be what our standard is, and right. and that's a hard pill to swallow, um, but it's one that we have to that we have to get okay with um, sooner rather than later. But uh, but it is it's just part of that it's part of that hard reality of of like you said being strangers in a strange land and uh being being aliens so to speak so um so yeah it was it, it has it's been an interesting week um trying to think through world events interesting in, week in the gospel light excellent uh excellent doubt on tap from what i remember yep um this this is the from what uh, i remember i like remember that. That, honestly man i <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first time was, we were at Cream and Crumb, um, Mike sent me a text and said, "Hey, two, two fall old fashions okay, are are my limit." Uh, then why did you let me order three the other night? I, dude, you're a grown man. I didn't know you how many you. I don't. I don't count. I'm not my daughter. I'm not. I'm not keeping track of your <laughs> alcohol consumption. Right, well, you, you got to be a big th- boy. Thank, thankfully, I had a designated driver. Thankfully, so. Yep, good old Corey. Yeah, he thought it was funny. We're walking out, uh, and I still had my keys in my hand. We're walking yeah. back to the car, and and he holds out his hand for him, and he is at this point. I and I just put him in his hand. He's like, "Whoo!" And I'm like, "What?" He says, "I thought I was gonna have to wrestle you for him." <laughs> I said, "Dude, 
I don't I think stupid. I don't think your buddy Corey has a shot at wrestling against you. No. Um. So no, he doesn't. So but you know, he yeah. That uh, would have been funny to see. It would have been funny to see. Maybe so. n- maybe next time. Maybe next time. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll clear it out. We'll have a little UFC moment between uh, That's right. Pastor Corey and Pastor Mike. That would be <laughs> hilarious. So, all right, guys. This has been another episode of Doubt on Tap. Thanks and for joining us. Yeah, the after show has been great. And uh, the original thing, the real live thing on Tuesday nights was even better. So come hang out with us Tuesday nights, 8 p.m., Cream and Crumb here uh, on... Uh, in Depot Town in Ypsilanti. Excellent cocktails and boozy milkshakes that's and right. wine and a full All bar on the other side if you want anything that's from right. there. So. It's, it is absolutely fantastic. So uh, we do hope you'll come out and join us uh, for a Tuesday night soon. But until then, uh, this has been the Doubt on Tap After Show. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the Simple, Simple Theologians. Theologians. Peace.